Coming up on today's episode of Unwind with Achiever. You can have the best skincare, the greatest red lip, the best set of eyelashes, but if internally you're at war with yourself or you don't feel great or you're anxious and so on and so forth, it will shine through under all of that. There was a very real problem presented and I figured that I had the solution and that was essentially to build a homegrown site dedicated to beauty and well-being. And I do believe that when you put women together, and you give them something that they're all passionate about and everybody's interested in, we all want to see Project Beauty win. Grab a coffee or put your walking shoes on. This is your chance to spend a moment investing in yourself. Join Anna Roberts sharing actionable steps for self-development, mindset, and performance hacks, and making sure you're working smarter, not harder. We have to say, I can do that. You're part of a community of women across the globe, striving for success in your personal and professional lives. Who runs the world? So get ready to unwind with Achiever. Hello and welcome to Unwind with Achiever. It's the show that helps you decompress and recharge so you can work smarter, not harder, at achieving your dream life. I'm your host, Anna Roberts, and today we are going to be diving into the world of Project Beauty. We are joined by a special guest today, the founder of Project Beauty herself, Amy Wilkinson-Locke. It's a homegrown e-commerce platform with some serious global ambition. You're going to hear all about how Amy has built for the frustrated conscious beauty consumer. It's a mindfully curated e-commerce space with a very impressive award-winning range of brands for men and women across skincare, hair care, makeup, at-home remedies, as well as some beauty tools and accessories. Amy is incredible. We're really going to love this chat that I had with her. She's bubbly, she's bold, she's bright, and she's also brutally honest. She shares aspects of her life that have really been not only life-changing to her, but have really impacted a lot of other men and women around her. And that's because she's had two pivotal moments. Not only has she moved from a music career and moved into the e-commerce and beauty space, she's also had to deal with a significant cancer diagnosis in her family that really started this whole project beauty journey. She'll tell you more about that, but that was the first kind of big light bulb, the big call from the universe. And she's also gone through a pretty brutal IVF journey, which she shares openly and honestly for the incredible power of her body and also to make sure that we don't stigmatize these types of issues that men and couples go through so often, but topics that aren't explored in the public space. So without further ado, please... Sit back, relax, grab a coffee or a cup of tea and meet Amy from Project Beauty here on Unwind with Achiever. So, Amy, let's dive in to some juicy questions and I want to get to know you a little bit better. How do you start your day? Do you have a bit of a routine? I do, because if I don't, life is more chaotic than it should be. Um... I start my morning every morning with some form of training. Um, I am addicted to crank. I'm addicted to the the environment of crank. I am addicted to the music of crank. I think it does something phenomenal for your mind. Every time I come out of a class, I literally feel like I could take on the world. Um, And when I'm not doing crank, I combine that with um, hit boxing, which I do with a PT. So I am usually in a gym 5.30 most mornings and then the 7 a.m. class at Crank. And I do that religiously five, if not six days a week. 
Oh my gosh, you must. I know. My my thighs, Anna, should look very different. That's all I'm going to say. They should look very different. However, I think what's really important to point out is often people, you know, talk about training from a weight perspective. And it's not about that for me at all. It is purely for my mind. Um, I do it because I, I'm British. I love a cake with a cup of tea. I'm never going to change that. I have no plans to change that. Um, I will never be a size eight. I also have no desire to be a size eight. I am a happy size 12. I'm all good with it. Um, but I do it purely because I believe that it gives you something in your mind. It's that one hour of a day that is just mine. I don't have my phone in my hand. I love music. It's playing. It's blaring through the speakers. And it's just my own time for an hour to just be me with no emails, no Instagram, no WhatsApp, no anything. Um, and I think it really sets me up for the day. And I can tell on the very rare occasion that I'm not able to do it, I unequivocally can feel the difference. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, I think that that's um, something that a lot of people can probably relate to is that yeah. in the last 10 years, there's been this massive shift around um, aesthetic goals versus mental health goals and just being able to... Unquestionably. Totally. And I think, you know, I know we'll get on to Project Beauty, but I think one of the, you know, we changed the spelling of Project Beauty to to be a Y-O-U as opposed to the traditional spelling. Mm. And that was very much to say, you know, you can have the best skincare, the greatest red lip, the best set of eyelashes. But if internally you're at war with yourself or you don't feel great or you're anxious and so on and so forth, it will shine through under all of that. So, you know, start start with what's in the mind first. Do what's good for you. And if that's a walk, if that's yoga, if that's meditation, if that's a gratitude journal, roll with it um but for me yeah some high intensity for 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 a good hour um every morning without fail um and then i won't lie after that it's chaos so i'd love to sit here and tell you it's all figured out but absolutely not <laughs> amazing okay i love the honesty and i love the frankness then uh and and it's probably something again that a lot of people can relate to because um there is a huge push i think especially in personal development and professional development to be able to win your day and to start with a five minute this and a 10 minute that and we'd all love to be able to have you know that Instagram perfect morning routine of I wake up you know when my body chooses to and with you know vitamin d then pouring in through my perfectly pinterested windows um but the honest thing is is that most of us check our phones first thing we want to see news from home because most of they're expats we want Absolutely. to see what's happening while we sleep um and then to be honest a bit of a 10 minute snooze in bed if you can manage it scrolling through instagram i think if that's how you choose to start your day and then dive into something why not there you go. i mean listen on a weekend i am a good few hours cup of tea in hand daily mail instagram whatsapp facebook twitter <laughs> tiktok i won't lie i'm the, i'm the worst and i sit there and say you know don't have your phone in bed it's really bad for you but the weekend i feel it you know that's when i can live my best life for a good few hours um, and like you said i think everybody's just got to find their groove right whatever you know what works for one doesn't necessarily work for the other and as i said try and say to everyone as long as you are doing something for you yeah you don't have to answer to anybody else whatever it is for you you do it Mm-hmm, absolutely. So then before we dive into your current role in Project Beauty, uh, you've been a lifelong expat. I think you read that you went to Shoifat, you survived Shoifat. Oh my goodness. Oh, so, and survived, let me tell you, Anna, is the right word. Um, I did. I went to Shoifat in Abu Dhabi when I was um, 14. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I left at just almost 17. So I did three years in Abu Dhabi. Um unquestionably the happiest three years of my entire life. Um, I'm a huge fan. Um, I fell in love with the Middle East very early on. 
Um, and I don't know if I can say this, but I think I can. Um, I'm probably one of very few British people that you will meet who's never drunk alcohol in her entire life. Oh, um, I've, I've never even tasted it. I, I can't bear the smell. And I think what's interesting is when you come here at 14, 15, 16, rightly or wrongly in the UK, that's probably when you first start to have your understanding of life outside of your parents and school and so on and so forth. But I was allowed to be a kid. I was at the pool, I was at the beach, I was on rollerblades, I was at a barbecue, I was with my friends, and I actually only lived with my dad. My parents were together, but my brother was doing his um, A-levels, so she was like, I need to stay with your brother and see him through that. And I came to live with my dad for two years. And what was really interesting was the amount of Emirati families that took my dad and I in. Yeah. Because they were like, Haram, she doesn't have a mom, she doesn't have this. And that was really my first introduction to Emirati culture and people. And I just I just thought it was the best. I just loved it. And my friends from school then are still my friends to today. Um, there was time when my dad was here alone. And, you know, there was things that he may have needed. And their parents have still helped my dad out. Mm-hmm. Just a lovely culture. I had a lot of fun. Um I, I would tell anybody with kids, the Middle East, send them to the Middle East, unquestionably. Let them be kids. It's safe. You know, I, I was just, like I said, I was just a 14, 15, and 16-year-old, and I wasn't forced to grow up, and yeah. I, I just loved it, every moment of it. Um, so I went back to do my A-levels, and then obviously on to uni, um, and I think you'll probably know better than anyone. Once the Middle East has your heart, it has your heart, right? There's no, there's no getting away from it. Um, and so I came back pretty quickly after doing uni um, over to Dubai, and then I did a few years, then I was sent to Australia, um, and then it was just a case of how fast can I get back to the Middle East, and so I've been back now about nine years. Mm-hmm. So all in all, I've probably had almost about 20 years here. Yeah, incredible. And when you did yeah. come back, you weren't working in e-commerce or beauty or, no. or skincare, you were working in music, right? Yeah, so I have... Um, probably without giving my age away, um, a good 20 plus, 20 plus year career in the music industry, um, kind of the live entertainment. So I have done, I started out in A&R, which is kind of artist recruitment, um, where we find young and emerging talent and we go on to, you know, brand them and build them their record, at the time, records and CDs. Um, for those of you a lot younger than that, you'll have no idea what I'm talking about. But yeah, records and CDs. Um, and then went into tour management, um, which has pretty much seen me go around the world with some of the most incredible artists. You know, I've, I have a lot of people say I've lived the dream. I genuinely think I have lived the dream. Mm-hmm. Um, I have worked with everybody from Drake, Pharrell, Justin Timberlake, um, every single electronic dance music artist you can work with. So I've, I've had a lot hard work. Don't get me wrong. Um, and interestingly enough, very much a man's world. So interesting to be a woman in a very dominated man's world. Um, but yeah, 20 plus years in, in the music industry. In in my head, I sound like Beyonce. In the shower, I am totally Beyonce. But I realized very quickly I wasn't actually Beyonce. And so I figured that the only way I was going to get to be in the entertainment industry was to go down this route. And as I said, I've loved every minute of it. Incredible. Do you have a favorite uh, song at the moment or artist? Oh, or- my God. Adele's new, Adele's new song. It is it is on repeat in my house. Okay, okay. I think she, she can do no wrong. She looks beautiful, what she stands for, and she just has the voice of, I mean, it, you can either be really emotional and need to get your tears out and so you can play the song, or you can be really happy and just want to be melancholic and play the song. Mm-hmm. She just, she fits everything. So at the moment, my husband keeps saying, oh my God, Amy, can you just turn it down? But it's on repeat. I love it. I sh- I'm so happy that she's back. 
Amazing. Okay, that's awesome. I haven't listened to the album yet, but I've heard great things about it. And oh, I love amazing. Her, I love her character. And when she did that um, Instagram live, you know, she was all of us yeah. trying to navigate right. how to live and what comes through. So. <laughs> It's interesting, isn't it? It's interesting she's released that song and the amount, I mean, it's not funny, haha, but it's interesting how many people have said, have come forward and said, my God, you know, she's made me completely reassess my marriage, my life, everything, just from the lyrics of that song, which goes to show, and I always say to people, music is so powerful. It can take you back to a moment. It can take you back to an event and whether that's a happy or a sad, it just has a way of transporting you that nothing else can do. Mm. Um, so yeah, no, I'm, I'm music runs through my veins very much. So, so even with all of this history and this incredible experience that you've had, take me through then bridge that gap for me between what you're doing at the moment and, and stepping away from a music career or a life in music. Um, Look, I think like many people, COVID definitely, definitely helped me make that decision. Um, I, have been with my husband a long, long time um, and got married not so many years ago. And I think, you know, when you're on tour, yes, it's fun and it looks fun from the outside. But when you are gone for six months of the year and then you just drop home for a week to change clothes and repack and off you go again, um, that's not very good for your relationship. Um, And also I've just started, well, I say just started, I'm a year into an IVF journey, which has been really, really brutal. Um, I'm on my second miscarriage. I talk about it all the time because I don't think women talk about it enough. Um, I think there's a lot of shame around it and there just shouldn't be. Um, I'm actually incredibly proud of myself, my ovaries and everything in between. I see myself as a true warrior. Um, and I try and talk a, probably a bit too much. I'm probably a bit of an oversharer with it, but I think it's important. And I think just life decisions kind of were like, okay, Amy, maybe it's time to think of something different. Um, and just when I thought, you know, oh, COVID strikes, so on and so forth, my dad, who is my best friend, was diagnosed with um, significant bowel cancer. Um, and very quickly, my life went from being, oh, you know, I could mosey on into this new career path and see what happens to, oh my God, like what's going to happen? And I didn't see further than the end of my nose, if you will. Mm. Um, So I flew to the UK, obviously, to be with my dad. um, And I was there in most of his oncology appointments. And I think it was in the first oncology appointment, he was preparing for his first round of radiation um, and chemo. And one of the first things he was told to do was go home and make sure never to shower with traditional shower gel, deodorants, body creams, and he was handed a basket of kind of just white, it was just the bottles of everything were just white, but it was still very much a shower gel, a body lotion, but it was unperfumed, no parabens, no sulfates, no anything. And when my dad was in the changing room, you know, getting regowned, I sort of said to the oncologist, you know, why can't he use shower gel? And he said, well, you know, cancer is very connected to the lymph nodes. And obviously when you put deodorant on, go straight to your lymph nodes. And certainly when you start washing yourselves with shower gel, a lot of people don't realize that the parabens and the sulfates, which are not toxic like everybody refers to, but, you know, they they can be a disruptor. Um, 67% of that goes straight into your bloodstream. And when we're doing chemo and radiation, we need your bloodstream as clean as possible. Um, and so it's just kind of a precaution that we take and we recommend wholeheartedly that people don't do, you know, don't use it. And it was very much an aha moment. I was like, oh, my God. So, of course, naturally, I said, you know, I have endometriosis. And when I use um, when I use a shower gel that's really perfumed, I'm in quite a bit of pain. 
And he said, well, go home and change it. Use something that's completely clean. He said, you know, maybe no smell, no anything and watch the difference. And literally 48 hours later, and I, I couldn't get over it. I was like, wow, I'm not in any pain. I'm not swollen, nothing. And I, and I kind of feel, and I know it sounds very spiritual and so on and so forth. A, I feel the universe delivered me the message. Second of all, once you've got that message, you almost have an obligation to tell the world. Because if, if you know it can make that much of a difference to somebody whose loved ones are battling cancer or somebody who's got endometriosis or is on an IVF journey, why would you as another woman not share it with somebody? Yeah. So whilst I was there with my dad, I obviously tried to go on a bit of a clean journey, if you will. Um, or should I say more of a conscious journey, just being a lot more aware of what I was consuming, what I was using. Um, and I found it very easy in the UK to find indie brands, niche brands, um, clean brands, organic brands. I had them delivered really quickly. It was inexpensive. Um, and then I came back to the UAE and I was like, why is it so difficult to get my hands on all of these brands? You know, they're well-known brands. It's not like I've discovered something in outer Mongolia and there's only two SKUs and yeah, I could understand why it's very difficult. These are just like regular brands that I can walk into Selfridges or Harrods or Cult Beauty or wherever and, and pick them up. Yeah. How come I can have my petrol delivered in minutes, but I can't get my hands on things that essentially are, are good for me? Mm-hmm. And I think like many women who can't get her hands on a skincare, I decided that's it, I'm going to fix it. Hell hath no woman you know, who can't get her hands on good skincare. So I decided clearly there's a problem. I would imagine I'm not the only person who feels this way. I started to ask around and everyone was like, oh my God, yeah, it's so frustrating. Um, The journey of getting something from the UK or the US, how long it takes to have it delivered here. Then you have the shipping fees, then you have the duty fees. Then you usually have the, the driver fees. Next thing you know, you've paid twice, if not three times the amount of the product. Um, So I feel like in short, there was a very real problem presented and I figured that I had the solution and that was essentially to build a homegrown site dedicated to beauty and well-being. Complete disclaimer, um, Anna, I had no idea what I was doing. None whatsoever. Um, if ever there were a case of winging it, that's what I was doing. Um, so I was fortunate enough to be able to have a couple of brands that I'd worked with in my music career where I'd been looking after artists. They had riders, you know, they, they only worked with certain brands. And I went back to them and said, if I did this, would you be interested? And they were like, oh, my God, absolutely. We've been trying to get into the region for quite some time. We're not sure how to do it. Um, and so I made a terrible video, the worst, that I'm so embarrassed about, um, but with a great Kanye West track over the, over the top that was just presenting the business opportunity to brands that if they were to to be here regionally, what would it mean for them? And I said to my husband, look, if I get 10 brands, I'll do this as a side hustle over COVID. We'll empty out the spare bedroom. I'll put some shelves up. It can't be that hard. He's like, I'm in, let's do it. By the end of week two, I had 36 brands and I was like, (laughs) oh, wow. Okay. This is not a spare bedroom thing with a couple of shelves. This is a very real, like, we need to build an e-com site. We need to have more brands. I need to hire people. But like anybody, you know, I wasn't earning an income. COVID had stopped. The music entertainment industry, tours, everything, complete standstill. Mm -hmm. And when you're not working, you're not earning. So I kind of realized that I would need to go and raise investment. And so I put the whole business plan together and that's what I went out and did. So I think a very long answer to your question is a combination of the universe presenting an opportunity, a problem, and then obviously just diagnosis in my own family just all came together and presented an opportunity, which, as you said, is now projectbeauty.com. I mean, if you could look back a year, 
ago to, you know, where you were October, November last yeah. year. Can you believe that you've gotten it to where it is now and today? Every day, Anna, every day, I kid you not, I say to the girls that now work with me, how did we get here? We now have just close to 100 brands. Um, we have 30 brands to be onboarded in the next kind of Q1 of, of next year. We've had to stop taking brands on because we just can't tell the story. Mm. Um, we have a 75,000 square foot warehouse. Um, I have nearly a team of 10 people. Um, we've raised a seven figure investment round. Um, we're doing media all over the world. We've got all kinds of people coming to us. I'm sure you've seen we've just done a big collaboration with El Arabia. Um, we've got some great opportunities coming our way, but even better than all of that, Anna, I am surrounded by women. Every single person I work with, every brand, even in our warehouse, we have two girls. And I do believe that when you put women together mm. and you give them something that they're all passionate about and everybody's interested in, we all want to see Project Beauty win. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that is definitely kind of the USP of Project Beauty is that we're female founded, operated, led, and everything in between. And I, I, I say to people all the time, it makes the difference. I really believe that is how I got from there to here so quickly. The platform is described as being mindfully curated. Can you tell me yeah. what that mindful element is? Yeah, absolutely. So we um, do a lot of research. So we have um, a buying and commercial team who we, you can't just come on Project Beauty. It doesn't work like that. Um, Cruelty-free is an absolute non-negotiable for us on the site. And then we have kind of five attributes that we ask each brand to sit within. So vegan, halal, sustainable, clean, and organic. So every brand must be absolutely cruelty-free and then at least one other attribute. So they can be cruelty-free and clean or cruelty-free and vegan. Um, and then what we do with that is we ask for products to be sent with us. We test everything. Mm -hmm. So it will go amongst the team or maybe friends of the team. My mom's testing a few. We use different ages, different skin tones. Everybody has to go away and test something for a month at a time and come back and say what they loved or what they didn't like. And often you find that somebody who had a lighter skin tone preferred something to somebody who had a darker skin tone. It's never that we didn't like the product, just maybe that it works better for a certain person. Then we go about registering the product. So if somebody comes to us and says, you know, we're a vegan brand, we say, okay, send us all your certification, all your ingredients lists, everything. We then go to Dubai Municipality with that and we say, this brand says this is their ingredient and they are registered as vegan. Can you certify that? So we have to register everything online um, with Dubai Municipality. And then we'll go back to the brand and say, okay, we love what you stand for. We've agreed that you are vegan or halal or et cetera. So they can't just tell us that's what they are. They have to actually prove it. Um, and then we start talking to the founder. Um, and that's when we really kind of try to understand who's behind the brand, what do they stand for, what's their CSR strategy, um, are they mindfully trying to curate their ingredients, um, are they supporting something in particular, what's their why, what do they understand about the region, um, and we can we can have some really in-depth, very long conversations, um, and I think by the time we reach a decision point, it's, it's a really carefully curated decision, it's did it work, did they do what they say they did, did the ingredients do what they say they would, is the founder on board with what we're trying to do? Do they understand the business practices that we're trying to apply to? Mm. Um, and in the end, we get there. So it's all, it's very carefully done. It's not necessarily, I always say to people, we operate kind of a triple threat bottom line. So people, planet and profit. Mm. 
Mm. Um, and it's important that I understand from the brand, you know, what are you doing for the planet? What are you doing for your people that work with you? Mm. Um, and, and that allows us to be able to tell a better story. And right now, more than ever, I think like we addressed in the beginning, I think COVID really has people wanting to spend their money with brands that they are really behind, with founders that have great stories or have purpose. Mm. Um, I think the consumer now more than ever is in a really powerful position they spend in, in the brands that they believe in. So it's mindful in that, like I said, there's a lot of work goes in behind having those brands on the site. They, as much as we're flattered when they call and say, we'd love to be on Project Beauty, we kind of explain that's amazing, but it's gonna be, there's certain hoops and things that we need to tick and jump through before we can do that. Making that link between the music industry and then all of a sudden having a team of 10, a warehouse logistics dealing with uh, companies around the world, what are maybe one or two transferable skills that you see that you were able to take or learn from that experience in the music industry to what you're doing now? Because I think for a lot of women listening, they think, oh, I would need advisors or I'm not good at that. Therefore, I either need to go out and study it or learn it or I need yeah. to find somebody that is good with it. And you you have this approach of I'm just going to wing it. So I want to understand where that comes from. Um, look, I think, I mean, I was always around peg square hole at school. Um, I went to boarding school, which I think helps because you are made to be very independent very quickly. Mm. Um, and I think I have to credit a lot of it to my parents. They, they are, they always instilled in me, Amy, you can do anything, put your mind to it and you can do anything. And if you can't, and it goes wrong, it's a very Northern saying, but they used to say the keys under the mat home will always be here you can always come home but whatever you do go and try it mm. and I think that the same in the music industry you know I was a young 16 year old I was doing my A-levels almost 17 when I got home I knew I wanted to be in music so I went and fly it outside nightclubs my mom used to come and pick me up at two and three in the morning on weekends um, because I was that desperate to be part of something and I think that it's just my skill probably more than anything is tenacity I just know is not a word that I know or understand. I believe there's always a side door. And I think if you're passionate enough about something, people buy people. Mm-hmm. And if you are, if you can jump on a call and, and I have said to every brand, hey, I'm 20 years in the music industry. I've never done this before. I'm trying to figure it out. And actually, it's really worked for me, not against me, because what they've said is amazing. You bring a whole new set of eyes to, to an industry that's maybe a bit stale or it has become slightly what people expect. Now we've got this person that sent us a Kanye West video that suddenly wants to be in the, in the beauty industry. So I would say to anybody, you know, I'm sure if you are passionate about something, there's absolutely no reason why you can't do it. And interestingly enough, I think the barrier to entry for anybody is fear, right? It's that they worry that they can't do something, so they just don't even try. Mm. And I was reading, again, I'm sure I'm preaching to the choir, but I was reading not so long ago that job interviews, a man will read it, and if he can do 60% of the job, he'll apply for it. A woman has to do 96% of it, and only then will she apply for it. So I think we just have to be a bit more daring. Um, I deal a lot with people and the music industry was no different. Um, So I think, you know, during a show week, we did Drake here at the Cricket Stadium and there was nearly 350 people to manage Mm. from all over the world. Um, And this is really no different, except I'm doing a lot of it via Zoom. um, And I work a lot more with women than I did previously. Mm. Um, So I would say, yeah, definitely tenacity and just that, that, that desire to be different and do it differently and say, you know what, I got it wrong. I'm really sorry about that. A theory that I love is um, the theory of feminine economy and how we can look at 
businesses being a vehicle for not just profits, but also, like you say, for people yeah. and, and for place and to really understand how are we supporting that? How are we looking at the bigger impact of our work and ourselves, not just on the people around us, but also on the planet? Um, so, so hugely, hugely, yeah. I mean, you're you're a testament to it. You, you know, you're out there and you, with the achiever. You know, just clever plays on words. It's like, ladies, we can go out and do this. And you know, I I did, as I said to you before, I've done the last nine months of it whilst doing a really brutal IVF round twice. Um, and I have taken Zoom calls hooked up to drips. I have taken Zoom calls waiting for appointments in rooms because in IVF, you don't always get the time slot if there's another lady in front of you. That's So, you know, and I've been very, very open about it. And I've said to brands, look, I'm happy to turn the camera on, but just so you know, I'm having a drip. And I've just been very, very honest. And the support I've had has been mind blowing. And other female founders who said, oh my God, I have twins from IVF or I have an IVF baby. Don't give up. You will get there. And you just need to hear that. But I think women, we're a lot more open to talking about our emotions than than men are, right? Yeah. Um, but I, I'm, I'm like you, I champion women as best I can. And even when we went to raise investment, I tried everything to get women Mm-hmm. I tried everything to have female investors. Um, and whilst I had, I mean, Donna Benton has been a great mentor to me. I've spent a lot of time with Donna. She's she's unreal. One of the first people I went to about Project Beauty. Um, but unfortunately, in the end, you know, it was men. And that's not to say there's not some great men behind great women. Um, but it's a shame that I wasn't able to, to find it from women because I really, really, really did try just the ability of you talking candidly about connecting not so much with people as investors but connecting with people to say I I you know I need you to help me see this through and this is an opportunity for you and really presenting it like that um and and being able to say I've never raised investment before you know what do you need from me uh I think um it's just very it's very humbling and very I think I'm not sure bold I think it's a bit bold and I think you have to you know you have to have big shoulders because again when you put yourself out there to ask for help you may not be given it when you put yourself out there to ask for investment you're told no many times before you're told yes and you have to just walk out of that meeting and say okay well thanks for your time and then try again tomorrow um so you have to find a way to not be beaten down with it because you are going to get no's I did get no's um I mean not very many I won't lie but I think I don't know if that was more a case of wow this girl is so loud and so in your face we're just going to say yes so she leaves us alone um more than this is a great idea um but you know I say to everybody if you've got a dream or a passion as cliched as it sounds go for it Mm, absolutely I love that let me wrap up super quick because I know we're coming to the top of our time um tell us then where is the beauty industry or where are beauty trends coming or, or going from uh Korea has been a huge source I think of a lot of products and and trends in the last few years we've seen a lot of um smaller beauty brands emerge out of the United States what are you seeing at the moment um, I mean, I think definitely over here, we are coming around to the whole indie thing, um, which is amazing because there are genuinely some incredibly effective indie products that are just a brand that's, you know, we have brands out of the US or out of Canada um, that just have three SKUs, but those three SKUs are phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we're moving more to combined products. So we have things that are like a multi-product. So again, women on the go, on the run, they want to just cleanse, tone, moisturize all in one. Um, they want to mask and cleanse at the same time. So definitely see a shift happening over there. 
Um, I see a huge shift, which I'm really championing towards men getting involved um, in the skincare and the well-being game. Um, I was, I, I had said to our investors, look, I want to target men. They were like, oh, you know, men won't get involved in things like this. And I can tell you our men's category is in our top three of those that get clicked on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I, we see a lot there. Um, I think also a, um, a lot of genderless beauty is, is definitely coming our way. Um, but one thing I, you know, I really feel the need to point out is, is one thing is this whole clean thing everybody's jumping on this clean thing. And what I need to tell people is there's no certified definition of the word clean beauty. What is clean on one site is not the definition of clean on another site. And at Project Beauty, we tried to keep it really simple. For us, clean is no parabens, no sulfates, and that's it. Um, And I think people are forgetting that science has a part to play. It will always have a part to play. And if you want really effective products, you have to let science do its work. Mm. Um, so I try and say to people, you know, really read on ingredients. If you can't pronounce it, probably shouldn't be on your skin as a rule, you know, as a rule of thumb. The other one I think is just this reduction. You don't need 20 products. You really don't. Mm. Two or three, great cleanser, great moisturizer, a retinol if you're a little bit older, a great mask, you're dropped on. Please don't go and spend fortunes on bathroom cabinets overflowing in products that you'll never use. Um, and the other thing is telling people to check their sell by dates. People are like, oh, it's fine. You know, I've had this thing for a year and I'm like, but it's only six months old. What that actually means is the efficacy in the ingredient. It might not, it might smell absolutely fine. It might look great, but the ingredients, the efficacy of those ingredients will no longer work for you. So get rid of it, bin it. Um, So I think there's a big shift. I would definitely say, like I said, minimizing everything is is 100% where I see it going. And I think cruelty-free the world over becoming a non-negotiable. Unfortunately, in China, it's still, you know, they're still testing on animals. Um, But I know there's some new rules coming into play in January 2022, which will definitely reduce that, if not eliminate it. So I think all in all, just a more conscious approach to skincare. And one uh, product that you can't live without? Could you share? Oh, I couldn't possibly give you one, Anna. Um, listen, SPF is is definitely one I, I would say to everybody. Um, we have Ultrasun on the site. Um, it is medical grade SPF. You can't get any higher in terms of the protection it delivers, anti-pigmentation. So if I had to swear by something, that would be it. Um, I'm a big fan of Augustina Spader. I'm a huge fan of Emma Hardy, um, Mara. I could go on and on and on. I could possibly pick you a favorite. There's far too many. Um, but, you know, I encourage people, please go on, read. You don't need to overspend. There is something there for everybody. Again, this whole Instagram thing tells people you've got to spend thousands. You don't. There are entry-level products that are just as brilliant for you starting out on your whole kind of clean journey. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time. Thank you. I have, thank you. Uh, I have a box of um, wonderful goodies, including a New Zealand brand that you smock on the site, which is uh, coincidentally made about five minutes from um, the child. No way. Father in, in West Auckland. In Cyrene, beautiful brand founded by two ladies. Yeah. Um, again, and they, their their packaging made out of uh, plastics from the ocean. So yeah. again, women out there leading the way. Yeah, yeah. And I've got the um, the brand new. I think it's a brand Bolt. new product that you've got. Bolt Beauty. Uh, yeah. Great band to connect with on Instagram as well. Yes. And I love I love the fact that they're really hands on and really engaged with their customers too, which are like. But I I know I'm watching the clock and I know you're going to tell me off, but just very quickly on Bolt again another prime example. Um, a financier in investment banking 
her boyfriend came and said, we're going on holiday, but you can only take uh, like this one bag, travel size bag. And she was like, there's no way. Even my, my makeup cabinet is bigger than that. And he was like, that's all there is. We can take one bag between the two of us. Um, so again, she fixed a problem. She built the stackable towers. She built the biodegradable seaweed capsules that go under the water. Yeah. Um, again, another testament to women, right? We see a problem and we solve it. Um, both beautiful, beautiful brands and exclusive to the region. So definitely worth a try. I'm glad that you like them. Ah, oh, fantastic. Great. Well, this has been just such a delight to speak to you today. Likewise. Thank you so much. Thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate it. If you've loved what you've listened to today, we'd love to hear from you. Follow us on Instagram at Achiever and drop us a DM if you want to chat further. And remember, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together.